0: Welcome to the Geekcentric Podcast, and welcome to our Watch Club for She-Hulk, Attorney at Law. Time to ribbit it and rip it! Hello and welcome to Watch Club. My name is Nate, and this is our Watch Club for She-Hulk, Attorney at Law, Episode 8, titled Ribbit and Rip It directed by Kat Coiro. If you're joining us for the first time, this is Watch Club, our weekly review series, kind of like a book club, but way better. Keep in mind, we will be going into full spoilers for this series and the MCU in general. So if you haven't watched this week's episode yet, be sure to do so and then come right back in a snap. I also want to remind you listening that if you enjoy this Watch Club, well, listen, we also have another Watch Club going on right now for Andor uh, with our first episode out right now where we break down our our thoughts and theories on the first three episodes of that show. And then once episode six hits, we're going to release another Watch Club for the next three episodes. So go join the Rebellion, give that one a listen, and join yet another Watch Club Uh, and One more little piece of housekeeping here. We also have our weekly This Week in Geek episodes dropping every Wednesday to keep you up to date on the latest trailers and news from around the Geekiverse with our latest episode out right now where Kevin, Justin, and Darcy, uh, they discuss Figment getting a new movie, a community movie announcement, uh, Armor Wars being turned into a movie, and their thoughts on the second trailer for Black Panther Wakanda Forever. Now, before we do it with the devil... I regret to inform you that our other two hosts have been called for jury duty. And for one of them, uh, it's a case involving a certain blue bird, but I'm told that it's a really important case. So I'm going to let it slide (laughs) for now. Uh, So with that said, let me introduce you to the other Hulkster joining me today. Uh, He's a little late, but I'm so happy he's finally here to represent us. He's ready to dismiss the deliberation of the deposition given by the defendant of the defenders. He's
1: Darcy, the dank devil Hudson. Now I've got another devil to compare to, and I, I, I think I don't hold up quite as well as him. <laughs> I mean,
0: listen, I, you know what? I think you're just as charming at times. I think you can be, although he was pretty. He was, he was pretty.
1: He's, oh, so, that, good, so. so good, so <laughs> good.
0: Um, last week, Darcy, I asked you and Megan what your Hulk yoga pose would be. Uh, and I think we all had some pretty, you know, very zen responses. This week, I want to know, what would your own Hulk strategy be to clear out either a room of goons or henchmen? Uh,
1: I would probably go more stealth route or at least less destructive. Uh, okay. I don't want to be known as a Hulk that leaves holes everywhere, I think, would be my thing. That, <laughs> Gotta leave notes everywhere. No one would invite you anywhere at that point. Yeah. So, yeah. Like...
0: <laughs> okay, I like that. I like that. Um, I'm kind of on the same... Page, I think you know. For me, I, I would like. I kind of want you know. If, if the if the henchmen were really dumb, or the hench goons uh, were really dumb, I I'd want to start in with going in like very stealth mode, and in Hulk form, I would probably try to pull a Star Wars, and dress up like. <laughs> one of the goons and pretend to like blend in with them but as a hulk just to see what I could get away with just to see how far I could push it and then once they realize I'm a hulk I'd start smashing up the place
1: I think they'd realize pretty quickly when you're towering above everybody
0: (laughs) (laughs) who knows some of these goons are pretty big who knows um all right well listen we got so much in this episode more than I think we ever imagined uh so grab a drink and plan your attack uh, because court is now in session with the Honorable Judge Nate presiding. All right, this week's episode begins with a previously on in which Jen says, previously on my show, which kind of makes me feel like if this breaking the fourth wall thing is one of her powers, she's kind of getting stronger with it by by being able to just talk directly to us with the previously on. Um, anyways, after the, after the previously on, uh, the episode kicks off, or should I say it leaps off, uh, with our introduction to Eugene Patilio, aka Leapfrog, where we see him acting like a guard frog for for a Monahan's wholesale store, where two men are seen uh, robbing some OLED or maybe QLED TVs. Uh, we cut between Leapfrog's failed attempt to stop them and Jen's office, where uh, where her and Eugene are discussing his request to uh, represent him. And then we see Jen discussing her discomfort with representing against the designer of Eugene's suit, Luke Jacobson, as she doesn't want to lose access to his services. So, Darcy, let's start there. What did you think of Leapfrog in this episode? We knew he was coming since one of the first trailers for the series. Did he live up to your expectations?
1: Well, I mean... From what I know of Leapfrog or Frogman in the comics, uh, he is just a big joke, basically. And so yeah. in that regard, yes, he's living up 100%. <laughs> uh, it kind of seems like they're going with like a mixture of the two Leapfrogs or Frogman from the uh, comics in that the first one was a criminal, bad criminal, mm-hmm. ca- got caught by Daredevil and went to jail pretty quickly. Um, but then his son found the suit and wanted to become a hero. And so like that, they kind of... Look okay. like they're kind of blending those two things together, maybe, in this one.
0: Uh, right. Yeah, I don't he's know. kind of only a villain out of, out of stupidity in this.
1: Yeah, yeah. And yeah. again, a lot of it comes from the fact that in the comics, he doesn't want to repeat his father's mistakes. But in this one, right. his dad's just a rich dude, so there is no mistakes to try and, you know... Trying overcome or anything like that so he's just an idiot which again fits the character to a t and sets up for some really funny moments in this episode
0: absolutely we actually we actually saw eugene patilio in episode five uh there was a moment where he passes by jen and nikki at luke jacobson's studio which he was probably picking up the suit that he's wearing mm-hmm. uh in that exact moment um i i i want to just jump in and say i love the two guys were discussing the differences between oled and QLED, um, it's it's just one of those you know more often than not very true tropes of guys talking about their TVs. <laughs> like, I mean, I I will admit I have maybe done once or twice on the podcast talking about my beautiful LG OLED TV.
1: Yeah, I think I think I've heard you say it once or twice. So <laughs> yeah, I'm um, past you.
0: <laughs> yeah, but it's just like I mean, guys are doing that whether it's TVs or cars or what have you, right? They're always... no,
1: they always got to talk about no do one another. So yeah, that's yeah. Very typical. I like how even thieves talk about that. (laughs) 100%,
0: dude. As for Leapfrog, dude, I loved him. He actually reminded me a lot of uh, Vigilante from Peacemaker. I got Mm. very Vigilante vibes, very quirky, way too sure of himself. Um, But I think where he differs from Vigilante is Vigilante is actually really smart in Peacemaker. Um, And here he's just a big, rich idiot with with Leapfrog. Um, But I love the catchphrase. I love... The thing with the the jet boots actually, honestly, looked dope. Very um, Star-Lord. Very Star-Lord looking. and uh, Until he came slamming down onto the ground on fire. Uh, And did you notice the little audio Easter egg in that moment? Did you catch
1: it? Yes, I did. If I'm not mistaken, I heard uh, the Millennium Falcon breaking down while he was falling there. So pretty sure. Wasn't that like originally some airplane? Like when a single man like Cessna or something like that. Like it was an engine failing. I think so. I mean,
0: it was, it was also used in for literally, I think that reason in Indiana Jones, Mm -hmm. uh, when that plane fails, but yeah, man, uh, I just like, I was like, Oh, sick. Like we're pulling from everywhere now. It's, it's phenomenal. I'm so happy. I was so happy to hear that um, one of like maybe a couple of really fantastic audio Easter eggs, which we'll we'll get to another one later. But we do see uh, Jen, you know, she's begrudgingly taking on the case. She attempts to discuss the lawsuit with Luke and he not only rips up the dress that he's making for her. He straight up wants nothing to do with her and and her even slight. Insinuation that Leapfrog suit might be defective. Uh, She exits hastily saying, I'll see you in court. Um, After the title sequence, we cut to the courtroom where it seems Luke might be representing himself. That is, until his attorney finally, finally shows up. (laughs) Finally! And we see Matthew Murdoch, uh, who's shown up a little late. To represent Luke, uh, he and Jen spar back and forth in legalese, and Jen ends the case uh, with a loss. Unfortunately, after Matt uses his abilities to smell residual jet fuel on Eugene's boots, uh, after and and then Eugene also proudly <laughs> admits he digs that he himself used, the
1: biggest hole, so like. bad.
0: And he's like, "No, I didn't." And then from <laughs> that point on, uh, the judge rules in favor of Luke and his attorney, uh, and they exit as Jen begs Luke to go back to being her tailor, and he says no, because he hates her now. Uh, So Darcy, we can all breathe a wonderful devil sigh of relief. We made it. Matt Murdock has finally been brought into the show. What did you think of seeing him in the official MCU for the second time?
1: It was great. Again, I I like how he seems, this Matt Murdock, whether it's the same one from the Netflix series or a, a different one, he's... I'm lot in a better place mentally, at least. He seems to be yeah. in a much better mood. The way he's, he's happier, co- tossing jokes around casually, and I love yeah. it for him. Again, the character for, uh, in the comics, while he is very dark at times, he also does like, have that witty humor. He is a very smart guy, and just the humor that comes along with that is enjoyable. So I, I do enjoy the fact that he seems to be doing better, at least in the MCU. <laughs> yeah, he's he's definitely
0: more fun. He's more cocky here too, mm-hmm. and like. Also, a little there. There's a, a few moments where you kind of roll your eyes as well, like when he's like when he's like, "Don't ask me how I know. I just know." <laughs> and then the judge yeah. is like, the judge is like, "Yeah, we, we can all tell he's lying, Mr. Murdoch. Like, don't you know?" You oh, know I that like great.
1: that. I like that because it kind of like teases to that Netflix series because he could tell when someone was lying from their heartbeat. So he's like, he's joking oh. about that, and so people who have watched the Netflix series can be like, Oh yeah, I know why he knows. Right. But that anyone else can be like, Well, yeah, that guy's an idiot. Of course you know he's lying. So yeah. I enjoy that that little play on the thing. Again, they're really drawing from that Netflix without really directly tying to it. But speaking
0: of of, you know, Netflix, I mean that that show ended I think in two thousand eighteen and, you know, it's been so long since we've seen him drop, you know, legalese left, right, and and he was killing it in that courtroom like I was I was so impressed the moment he opened his mouth I was like oh yeah I forgot he's actually like a really phenomenal lawyer at the same time Mm -hmm. um I think it was also like hilariously grating when he walks in and he's like I'm here sorry I'm late (laughs) and it's just like (laughs) Cody Ziegler who was the writer for this episode who also writes uh for Miles Morales as well in the comics um he knew what he was doing when he wrote this scene and I thought it was such an excellent moment of trolling where I was just like, this show loves to troll its, it's fans, but it's <laughs> this is a new level where I'm just like, dude, yeah, you are late. Like, <laughs> where were you?
1: Oh, again, we knew he was coming and he said, yeah. I think he, Charlie Cox said that it was only one episode. So I'm yes. glad that they were saving it for, you know, getting closer to the end here where we are getting more of a meaty, you know, there's a big bigger problem at hand here. So I enjoyed saving it for that moment.
0: And I was so happy that, yeah, and I was so happy that he, he like, the amount that we got of him. Mm-hmm. Um, I also want to just quickly call out this subtle line drop that we got in this moment, that the Sokovia Accords have been repealed, which makes sense, given that we've seen superheroes doing their own thing for a while now, but it's it's nice to have that confirmation.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, it kind of makes sense, too, especially after Thanos went and snapped everyone, and that was kind of a result of the The heroes of the world being divided by these accords, yeah. In order to fight him, you kind of need to bring everybody together, and some people want to remain hidden and and you know have those second lives. So, I, I it makes sense that it it has been repealed. It's just nice to have that confirmation because now you don't have to worry about Spider Man being uh unmasked again or anything like that. These right. storylines going forward. So, I I really enjoy that little throwaway line that ends up being very you know lasting ramifications having lasting ramifications in the MCU so I, and it's, I like such it. a,
0: it's such a perfect character to deliver that news to the audience as a lawyer with just that being such a thing that is so much tied up in in the legal system and, and the government so um, yeah man phenomenal okay so back at the bar uh, Jen receives a green martini from Matt Uh, sitting across the bar from her and he joins her and he mentions how Luke Jacobson made some new suits for him uh, and the two bond over lawyer life. Uh, And they really start to hit it off. They start flirting back and forth and, uh, and then they're unfortunately they're both called away for uh, quote unquote work purposes. And I think that's true for both of them. I don't think either of them actually had work purposes. Um, And, uh, and then Jen, you know, attends a meeting with, with old creepy Todd, and he Freaking informs Todd. her, oh, Todd. Todd, uh, he informs her that he was at an auction buying art, and then he secured an authentic Wakandan war spear uh, for a cool Millie. And he says nobody's collecting African shit on my level or whatever. Uh, and then after mentioning that he studied abroad in Wakanda, uh, Jen, uh, or sorry, he then tells Jen that the Wakandan people want their spear back because it was stolen by colonizers, but like he's got the receipts or whatever. Uh, and then he proceeds to hit on Jen, which is probably why he actually called her for this meeting. Uh, and she completely denies him. She pins the table up against him, walks out, and lets him know that she's billing him for the whole hour. Uh, and uh, and his face turns very red, uh, like a red Hulk. No, I'm just kidding. Um, but let's pause here. Todd has a Wakandan spear. Darcy, what are Wakandan spears made of? And is this technically a subtle nod? At the power broker
1: it's made of vibranium and I got the idea of this especially with the end credits the one of the illustrations of this auction mm-hmm. made me think of Hawkeye that one yeah. underground auction where they're auctioning off the Ronin sword so it's like th- these are things that are happening across the world and taking these like super powerful weapons or weapons that have been wielded by powerful people and selling them on the black market it, it's very annoying gotta say one of the cringiest moments though was watching Todd throw up the Wakanda forever oh my gosh I, dude Oh, I hate that guy so much more with every time you see him on screen. So. And Darcy,
0: it's not even that he just said Wakanda forever and did the action. It's also like that this is the first character to do that since Chadwick mm-hmm. Boseman's Black Panther. Mm-hmm. Like, this is the character we, you know, we're so close to Black Panther, like you're, Wakanda so, again, forever.
1: we're supposed to hate this guy. And they, we, oh, they're doing a good job of making us hate oh my this gosh. guy.
0: And the voice that he puts on is just brutal, dude. Yeah,
1: Absolute. yeah. I also just want to say that I'm I'm glad to see where uh, Jen gets the teeny from that we see in the credits every t- every every week. We see her with that bright green drink, and she hasn't had one to this of this season until this point. So,
0: well, and I also th- I I also thought that was kind of some some subtle horny foreshadowing with the <laughs> with the red cherry like floating in the drink, and I'm like, what else is red that's going to be floating in some green oh, later okay. on? You know what I'm oh. saying, Darcy? this is marvel at its horniest and i think the entire world is is absolutely loving it and i know i'm loving it for jen uh and we'll get to that later but i did want to just quickly yeah i think the spear in my mind i think both the the hawkeye auction and this auction absolutely are referencing sharon carter um and and as the power broker and and getting these items out into the world i think she's going to be a huge part of that i think she's going to be a huge uh, player in in Armor Wars, which we just learned is going to be a movie now. Um, and, and I also think it, it, it's interesting because it's highlighting one of the main points of discourse coming up in Wakanda Forever with the Wakandans looking to keep their vibranium. Uh, and it's starting to get into the hands of characters like Sharon, or in this case, freaking cringy-ass Todd. Like, so annoying. Um, but I also wonder if he's not able, no matter what, to give the spear back uh, because it doesn't exist anymore. I'm wondering if maybe they took that spear and then used it to make the giant needle that we saw in last week's episode. What are your thoughts?
1: Yeah, I was thinking that too, but it just seems weird to be getting this confirmation that he got a spear so long after they supposedly have made this needle. If we're If these episodes are in, you know a certain uh timeline order type thing so well i, just I get...
0: mean he, he could have been lying about as to exactly when mm. right because he just had a picture of it that, that picture could point. have been from a while ago right and they, they don't they don't often put any time stamps or or dates on any of these things that we see because they like to keep that vague um but it's possible that that maybe you know he he wouldn't even be able to give i don't
1: know i don't know that was just my thought yeah, very possible i was just con- i was just confused more so than anything as to like if this is his first time getting vibranium, then what is that needle made out of it if it wasn't from a yeah. spear type thing? It's got yeah. to be. It's got yeah. to be.
0: Um, so exhausted from Todd's disgusting behavior, which I think we're, we all were, uh, Jen comes home to crash on the couch, but literally just as she flops onto the couch like a frog, she gets a very <laughs> distressing call from Leapfrog telling her that he needs her help as he's being attacked physically. Uh, she, he sends uh, Jen his location and and she suits up for the first time in this series uh, and heads to his location. She stops Eugene uh, and and his car by standing in front of it uh, and tells him to get out of there. Daredevil does like a dope flip over top of her uh, and then tells her to back off. The two spar yet again, but this time physically instead of in the courtroom, Uh, and the two battle back and forth until Jen does a thunderclap that sends Daredevil flying into a car. Jen picks him up and instantly removes his helmet Helmet, to unveil that he is indeed Matt Murdock. The two share some lovely back and forth dialogue, including Jen making fun of Daredevil's new suit and also Jen not knowing who he is. Uh, so, Darcy, let's get into this. What did you think of this moment? What did you think of Jen's superhero suit and, and the new Daredevil suit? Uh, and do you think this will be their suits going forward, or do you think it was just for the purpose of this show?
1: Well, I love the suits. Both of them look great. Uh, mm-hmm. I think it's a much needed update to again Daredevil's Netflix show. Look great, but to distance themselves, themselves from that, to go with this new color scheme, I think is awesome. Yeah. Uh, and then Jen's suit is great. I love the like basketball sh- style shoes he has got on. It looks like she's just going for like a nice little jog type thing. I I right. really enjoy. I like it. It's very practical. Um, I gotta say that is like she is living up to the Hulk name with her property damage. That oh, parking yeah. lot is. Ruined until someone gets over there and fixes it. And that car, she threw that car. It just doesn't car. Make, it doesn't make sense. <laughs> Who's paying you think for someone, that? Yeah, as someone who is <laughs> a le- like a lawyer, and understands yeah. that type of the thing that goes into that type of uh, stuff, why is yeah. she just throwing stuff around willy nilly? And no, I know. Nearly like again, guy's blind, clapping like that. He is like completely cool. disabled. Yeah. It's that gotta yeah. hurt him more than anyone else. <laughs> I mean, she wouldn't. She didn't she know it was Matt known. Murdock at yes. that point,
0: right? So I get that. Um, but I, I like that subtle line that he says where he's like, like you know, she's like, echolocation, she's like, yeah, something like that, or at least it used to be, or whatever. He's like, mm-hmm. now that he's been clapped out of his mind. Um, and, you know, they clap out of their minds later, too. Hey. Okay, oh my god. Uh, but, I, <laughs> continuing on here, I, I, I'll say I'm not as hot on um, Jen's suit. I know that they're going for, like, a modern take on her iconic singlet from the comics, and they obviously wanted to make it look you know, more, more modern and it's using the exact same color scheme, which is awesome. But I I don't really like the fact that it looks like a training outfit. I, I personally think, and don't ever tell him that I I said this, but I think Luke Jacobson could do better uh, on this costume. I think there could be a better version of the costume. As for Matt's suit, I actually do like it. Um, I think this is going to be a one-off suit though, because I I don't think he's going to wear this suit outside the series. Uh, There's a line that he says, uh, in the bar, that Luke Jacobson made a couple of new suits for him, and they were very particular to put that in there. So I'm thinking there's another suit. They maybe they reveal that in in Echo, uh, or they may they might save it for for Daredevil Born Again. Um, yeah,
1: yeah. I mean, I was just thinking that superheroes always need more than one suit because they usually get destroyed in their fights and stuff like that. That was my reasoning why you'd need more than one. I really hope they keep this color scheme because I do enjoy it. And plus it would kind of, again, build in, like build off of that final Netflix season where Bullseye was going around in his fully red suit or red and black suit Mm -hmm. and framed him for murder, basically. So to try and distance himself from that color scheme makes sense to go with, again, this more comic original color scheme. So... I, I do like it. I hope it sticks around because I do yeah. I, it. The The contrast of the red lenses against that uh, yellow helmet really pops. And I just like that aesthetically.
0: <laughs> interesting. Interesting. I, I speaking of Netflix, though, we did get another audio Easter egg. Uh, they played John Paisano's Daredevil theme from mm-hmm. the Netflix series when he says I'm Daredevil. Uh, and I love the fact that Jen's like, who? Like, I don't know who you are. And it just shows that like. These street level characters—they think they—they think that they're known like the Avengers, but they're really only known within their own communities.
1: This is what confused me a bit because he know he he tends to stick in the shadows. Even when later on in the episode, he's not the type of guy to stick around and answer questions. Right? Like why, why is he surprised that this person on the other side of the country hasn't heard of his exploits in Hell's Kitchen? It's just yeah, uh, that seems like he's got the uh, delusions of grandeur like oh, i'm i'm so much more important than i am it's like but dude right. you hide in the shadows and that's your whole shtick people shouldn't know who you are i think that speaks
0: to kind of what we were talking about earlier with his the way his character is kind of um a little more of a goofball uh mm-hmm. which is great which is phenomenal and I'm, I'm so happy that they're doing that with this version of him in the mcu um i also loved leapfrog's car it looks like a green frog <laughs> and i just <laughs> it was so good um and I think you're right. Like I think this was some of the best She-Hulk moments that we got in this episode. The ground pound, the thunderclap back to back, the acrobatics of Daredevil when he's flipping around, like the the the, the parking structures like breaking around him, and he's mm-hmm. uh, I was so dope. Um, and then I also really enjoyed how quickly and simply they made the reveal for Jen that it's Matt Murdock. Like usually with these shows, it, it, that would be like a it would take like two episodes to get to a that second point.
1: interaction or something yeah. a second or third interaction after he gets away or something like that. Yeah. Yeah.
0: The immediate payoff was great. So good. So casual. And it I think it helped to really connect the two of them for the remainder of the episode, which it really did need. And so they were able to really, you know, be themselves uh, while we get to see She-Hulk and Daredevil. Mm-hmm. Um, OK, so. Two of them, you know, the two of them make their way to the the less than secret lair of Leapfrog inside a building with a giant neon sign saying "Lily Pad," um, <laughs> which is just hilarious. Uh, and then, side note, we we do see the QR code uh, for this week's episode uh, when they're parked outside, where we actually see. Um, I think it's it's basically you scan it; it takes you to She Hulk Volume Three, Number Nine. Uh, which is a story involving old Captain America uh, and actually where, if you do read it, a lot of this episode is actually pulled from uh, with Matt Murdock representing Captain America and and Jen and him going back and forth in court. So um, definitely check out that read. It's, it's always lovely that Marvel gives us those. Uh, but we do see Eugene has kidnapped Luke Jacobson and is forcing him to make him a new suit after he clumsily destroyed his last one. While discussing the differences between henchmen and goons, Jen and Matt plan their attack. Uh, Matt wants to go in stealth, while Jen wants to go in fists blazing. Uh, And we get a dope-ass signature hallway fight from Daredevil. uh, And then She-Hulk slams through the roof, crushing a group of henchgoons in one move as she exclaims, She-Hulk smash. And I was like, let's freaking go. Uh, The two continue to take out Leapfrog's leap squad until he decides that there's no shame in retreat. While saying his signature catchphrase, he jumps out the window and falls breaking his legs in the process. Uh, They save Luke Jacobson and he agrees to yet again, be Jen's tailor uh, as he, you know, he says that he'll, you know, he'll have her dress ready for the upcoming gala. So a ton of, of little Easter eggs and, and phenomenal moments in this sequence. Um, I thought it was, you know, how incredible Darcy was it to see Daredevil's signature fighting style again after five years.
1: It was great. And the fact that it was a hallway scene again, like clearly they, like this show is so good at referencing stuff that the viewers know and love already. And then just subtly referencing it, like this hallway scene was great. I also just loved later on when, when Jen is rescuing Luke in the background, Daredevil's just taking out all these goons while providing legal advice. Yeah. Like it's just, it was such a great moment. Like they, they, again, they really know how to, where their humor sits and how to like really drive it home. So I loved it. And they know what they know what the fans really want, and it's mm-hmm. it's one of
0: those things where it's like, you know, again, in the past few weeks, it's kind of felt like, oh, why are you why stop teasing us? Like, just give us Daredevil already. And then they do, and they they give us this hallway scene where they're just like, okay, we're sorry. Do you forgive us? And we absolutely do. And I think that makes up for Daredevil's tardiness with these kind of moments. And I again, I I, I love how we see Jen uh, you know, just like how this show does, going against expectations while still doing her own thing by smashing down onto these henchgoons. Um, and it was just so good. And a, a ton of really fun visual Easter eggs. Darcy, did you obviously caught the arcade machines that we see there? There's a normal frogger one. But then there's a similar one next to it called Leapfrog, which, you know, we hear um Eugene, he's like, he's like, oh, that's vintage. That's vintage. And I was like, oh, but how would that be vintage if it was a game based on his character? And then obviously it's not. It's Eugene's father, Vincent Mm -hmm. Patilio. Um, And so clearly that's where that game was based around.
1: Yeah. And again, you wouldn't have a game if you were a a criminal. So I feel like, again, his dad was more of a hero in this, at least in the MCU. So again, rich guy has all these goodies. I just like the fact that we got the onomatopoeia for Leapfrog's jumps, which is sproying, was on the side of the arcade machine and then so was even like sprayed on one of the walls of the, uh, the the hideout there. I just I love it. Again, what does Leapfrog need a a bunch of henchmen for? That was my biggest question. Is because why are there so many people cool, just Darcy. hanging out with this guy? Because it's cool and he has a lot of money.
0: And I honestly, if I had a lot of money, I might end up like Leapfrog one day. I'm not gonna <laughs> lie. Um, I I loved how his whole area it looked like a like a almost very Batman villain esque of mm-hmm. his lair. And I also really liked um, he's like basically ripping off as many superheroes as he can. Where he's like he's telling Luke add a fancy AI with a British voice that talks to you, which is very Jarvis. And then you also see in the background they have a frog light, which is very similar with the bat symbol. And I was just like, dude, like they. They're so good. They're so good with these little tiny things that they just hide in there and it's just, ah, oh, I love it. I love it so much. And you have to imagine that Eugene falling and breaking his legs, which is hilarious because he's a, his whole thing is that he's a frog. You have to imagine that that had to have been Luke, right? Like not activating the boots on his suit so that he'd just fall immediately.
1: Yeah. Oh yeah, probably. Hopefully you think that was the case that, he, that Luke was just building this thing and then hoping that someone was coming to get him. I mean, he's friends with Daredevil. I think he yeah. knew someone was coming for him, so Very cool. just buying his time, making a a, a looks like functional suit, but ends up being complete useless garbage. So type thing.
0: It's so freaking good. Oh, that whole sequence was phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Um. So after the fight, we see Jen sitting with Matt as the two continue to flirt back and forth. And Matt says, "Hey, maybe next time, you know, he's in town, he could take Jen out to dinner," uh, and see she suggests that they skip all that, and then boom. They smash, and the two get hot and heavy. And let me tell you, Darcy, I've never been so stoked to see two people getting it on. Uh, It was phenomenal. And then we get this fantastic cut to Daredevil doing the walk of shame. So, Darcy, Jen and Matt banged. Uh, Were you expecting this to happen so quickly? Because I thought maybe we'd get, like, a kiss. But clearly, they were just down to skip all that.
1: Yeah. I mean, again, knowing that he's a hero, I think, goes pretty far in her books to say that this guy is a good guy. I can trust this one. Not like the guy who just one night stood her and disappeared type thing. So I, I totally love this and again it kind of goes back to both their characters from the comics she-hulk is a bit of a party animal and just kind of dates around the superhero pool yeah type thing and then same with daredevil he kind of he kind of pulls as well so (laughs) it it kind of makes sense that these two hit off so well because again that chemistry and their banter back and forth was just so heartwarming and it's like yes this i i like this guy you can trust this guy this go for it type thing (laughs) dude
0: he's 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 got those what are those sticks called that he uses? You know what I'm saying? He might be... That might be used as well. D- Who knows?
1: I don't want to think about <laughs> Who that. Who knows, Darcy? I don't want to think about the, how... The
0: leather just... suits? Like, there's so much that goes into it. I think that... Uh, <laughs> I was so... Listen, I was rooting for them the moment Jen turned to the camera and said, who's this asshole? I was like, oh, they are gonna... They're getting it. <laughs> I was... It was so palpable throughout this entire episode. And, like, even the moment when he turns to her... And he, her her, her heart is beating and he's like, I, I can tell your heart's beating fast or whatever. She's like, what? And I was like, oh yeah, let's, <laughs> like I was fist pumping in the air. That might not be the right, thing to say but i was i was pumping my fist in the air and and then you know they it it was just the moment they cut back to her place i was like let's go they had such good chemistry anyways i was i was so happy to see it
1: yeah i just gotta say you said walk of shame but i don't think daredevil was feeling any shame that's true he looked pretty proud of himself that's true that's true why wouldn't he oh my gosh yeah
0: phenomenal phenomenal uh, okay, so next morning, back at Jen's apartment, we get a huge wall, uh, fourth wall breaking moment with Jen saying, it feels like the episode already came to a very satisfying conclusion. Uh, she freaks out and uh, and asks if the episode is, you know, is is, this, is the finale coming up next? And then Nikki comes in and says, they gotta hurry up because they gotta get ready for the gala. And she's really confused. She, she, she asks the question, okay, so is this the big twist or that, you know, ooh, there's a, another Hulk, but this one's red. Or, like, am I getting fridged? Uh, so this was this was probably, Darcy, my favorite fourth wall breaking moment in the series. Uh, as it, it did really call out the fact that Marvel, with these live action series, always does the thing in their finale where the villain is just another version of the hero, but a different color. Um, but, you know, with the Red Hulk name drop here, do you think the fact that this is said in satire that it rules out the option that that you know for our finale that we'll actually see a Red Hulk, or do you think it's even more likely to happen, and that, that this was like some very not subtle foreshadowing, kind of like the martini drink? <laughs>
1: uh, I kind of think it was uh, more foreshadowing uh, really? that we'll okay. see a version of the Red Hulk, because the other thing she mentioned being fridged is kind of just like comic lingo for being killed or written off or injured in some way that you can't be a a player in the story so uh the fact that she mentioned that and then the red hulk of the two that are likely more likely to happen obviously the red hulk storyline makes more sense for sure uh but the where this episode ends has me thinking otherwise so okay we'll get to that
0: we'll get to that i just want to quickly shout out though I love the Wolverine reference with Nikki jumping out with the makeup brushes. And she actually says the snicked like you can hear it. Uh, We do not deserve Nikki or her Wolverine impressions. She's so lovely. And like, it's characters like her. And I think honestly, like Madison that this series has brought to us and even pug uh, to a certain degree where I'm just like, oh, my gosh, like. They've really been killing it with their side characters in these series. And same thing with with Bruno and, and Nakia in uh, in in Miss Marvel. Like they've just really done such a good job. Or even with uh, Layla in Moon Knight. Like they've just they've done such a good job to the point where you're like, I want all these characters to kind of even have their own their own show or their own movie. Um, yeah, man. So good. So mm-hmm. good. Mm-hmm. Um, I th- personally think this was confirmation that they aren't going to give us Red Hulk in this series I think there will be a Hulk um, but not as the big bad and I have more thoughts and you have more thoughts so why don't we just get to our prediction segment uh, which for this series we like to call my closing statement your honor is Um, so I'm going to read the final scene for you and then Darcy you may approach the stand so Jen arrives at the gala as She-Hulk, uh, absolutely stunning in her silver sequin dress. Uh, and we see her parents are there, as well as Nikki and Pug. And unfortunately, so is Todd. And for some reason, he's talking with Jen's boss, Mr. Holloway. After a mistaken wave, she rushes her family inside. And uh, we learn that the Female Lawyer of the Year award is not just for Jen, But a bunch of women, unfortunately not. It should have just been for Jen, let's be honest. Um, Or probably even Mallory would maybe be a little more Mm -hmm. deserving as a lawyer. Uh, While giving her acceptance speech, Jen is interrupted as Hulk King's cartoon face comes up on the screen behind her. We hear a scary voice say, do you want to see who She-Hulk really is? And then they start showing all the information on Jen's phone uh, that Josh stole in the last episode. And while the voice says she's a slut, we see Josh also filmed their night together and they're putting that up on screens. absolutely awful. Jen, uh, embarrassed and infuriated, smashes the screen and as it collapses around her on stage, an alarm goes off and the entire crowd run out of the room. We see her... Uh, sorry, we see a small group of Intelligentsia members start to book it out of the room and Jen chases after them and manages to capture one of them. She's about to... Probably just crush this guy. Uh, But then Nikki yells out and says, Jen, no. Uh, And we end the episode with Jen surrounded by DODC agents as she looks at the camera. So this was a huge setup moment that I honestly, I agreed with Jen. I was like, we were good. We got to the satisfying (laughs) conclusion. We don't need any more than that. But they gave it to us. uh, And I think... In a, it's it's so good that they did because it gives us a little bit more room to breathe on the other end with the finale. Uh, Darcy, this is most likely our final chance to make predictions for this show unless we get a season two. So I want to know, how does this all
1: end? Well, my closing statement, Your Honor, uh, is that I think that this is the first time we've seen Jen's anger kind of control her. Yeah, And it with the fact that we got a very prolonged fourth-wall breaking moment I'm starting to wonder if this fourth world breaking while it's been speculated that it's like her internal monologue or whatever what if she's talking to another another half kind of like there's the, the monster inside Bruce that is the green oh, one type thing what if okay. this is her other half and it's only comes out when she's really angry and I'm wondering what if she is the red Hulk we see where she her anger becomes spirals <laughs> out of control and when she becomes the raging Hulk monster that we all know it's when she goes red like it breaks the meter wow. type thing. So that's that was my thing. Like, I was wondering when she said that Red Hulk line, and we got again another prolonged fourth wall breaking, what if she's starting to lose her control over the beast that she's borrowing the powers from? So wow. that was my take. I also think that the intelligentsia clearly will be uh, caught in the next episode. It kind yeah. of bothers me that DODC doesn't care about who perpetrated the. No like the cybercrime. They They only care care about the monster like coming through the wall. Yeah, they don't. So that guy getting away at the end there is just we're gonna see him get caught for sure. But again my big thing is I think that if we see a red hulk, it'll be her being a red hulk and being mindless and just going on a rampage.
0: Interesting. Interesting. That I didn't even think about the idea of her going from from She Hulk to Red She-Hulk. Um that would be nuts.
1: Especially with that final scene when she's in the gala and all the red lights on her, casting her in a very red tone. I'm just like, are they referencing the fact that her anger's coming out more and maybe that she will go red? Right, because in
0: previous episodes directed by Kat Koiro, a lot of the lighting was green. Exactly. Um, like, I'm, uh, I'm
1: going off of the these color cues and the fact that they Daredevil was gone by this point. Right. And we were still getting that lingering red. Yeah. So, yeah. Oh,
0: snap. I mean, he was, you know, she was probably still lingering in her mind, too. You know what I'm saying? Okay. That that red was lingering. <laughs> okay, okay. All right. Order, order, order in the court, order in the court. My closing statement, Your Honor, is, and this gets a bit vague, but stay with me. My closing statement, Your Honor, is that there will be a Hulk at the end, but it won't be uh, the big bad for the battle. I think it might be like a stinger at the end of the finale. Um, but I do think that the intelligentsia is much bigger much bigger than we saw at the Gala and much bigger than we think. And I think it'll be revealed that it's a it's a really huge organization that not only is Josh a part of, Todd is there as well. But I think Titania has some some something to do with them as well. I think Emil is also involved, as I sort of hinted at with my previous theory last week. Um, but also Mallory, because I will say, Originally, she didn't want Nikki to tell Jen about the death threats. And in this moment, to me, at least, you know, watching this, her mouth said, don't do it, Jen. But her eyes kind of looked like she was saying, do it, Jen. So I kind of like in that moment when Jen was Hulk raging, I was like, I don't I still don't know. I don't know what to think about Mallory. Because, you know, I was doing some research. Mallory in the comics does end up becoming a villain. Mm -hmm. Um, for Jen to deal with. So I'm like, maybe they're going to pull that from there. I I don't know. Um, But I think the biggest reveal will be that the Hulk King is none other than Mr. Holloway. Because we do see him talking to Todd, and I've just been getting this sense as we've sort of been watching this show, and the entire time, it feels kind of like, wow, they're just not going to give us this storyline where's the storyline and i'm wondering with this show being so meta if the idea of mr holloway being so conveniently placed to bring jen in for a new job was him using these very small you know annoying cases to keep her distracted and to keep us distracted from what's really going on beneath the surface at glk and h and i could be way off here, but I feel like and I don't think Pug knows. <laughs> I don't think Pug knows. I think Pug is as as as, you know, just like with Nikki. Like I don't think they actually know what's going on. But I do think that the whole thing could end up being him. Um but the but I think the idea is that it's not gonna be that he's a bad character, but that he's just being forced to do this. Um I was doing a little bit of research on his character. Apparently there's something to do with his daughter uh, granddaughter in his granddaughter in the comic books and yeah. so maybe he has something to do with his granddaughter has to do with the leader and i'm wondering if maybe and i listen this is me going crazy spe- fan speculation here but i'm wondering if maybe the leader is ultimately the big bad but that the hulk king himself is mr holloway what do you think
1: I sure hope not, because, again, in the (laughs) comics, the whole reason why he starts Superhuman Law Division is to try and get his granddaughter out of jail because she was wrongfully imprisoned after a a superheroing event gone wrong, basically. So to have him be a character who's trying to bring down She-Hulk would be very disappointing. Mm -hmm. Um, I I don't know if he'd be hulking. Yeah, I don't know how I feel about that.
0: It's just he was talking to Todd in that moment. I was like, dude, what are you talking to Todd for? You know, uh,
1: I don't know what. What if Todd's just trying to, you know, badmouth Jen again, right. so, Todd's so he can, super he can spend annoying. more time. Todd's annoying. Todd's yeah. the bad guy in that group. Not, yeah. not Mr. Holloway. <laughs> okay, Todd. Okay. All right. All right. Fuck well, Todd.
0: We'll, we'll, yeah, we'll, have to wait and see. Not long. Uh, we got one more episode, but I think it's about time we give our overall impressions of the episode and our final score, which we're going to be rating on a scale of one to five. Dances with the Devil, Darcy.
1: <laughs> Uh Well, I love this episode. It was a, a wicked reintroduction for Daredevil and Matt Murdock into the MCU. Again, getting to hear him speak legalese. It was the banter he had back and forth with Jen and then that hallway fight scene. All things that I wanted from a Daredevil episode and we got it all in one episode. So that was fantastic. uh Again, I really like how they set it off. Like, when we go into this final episode, the stakes have already been set and it'll just be a wild ride or maybe a bit less wild, but still very intriguing uh, to see how that falls out uh, before the season ends. So as if out of all these Marvel projects, I think this is probably one of the better seasons of consistently enjoyable episodes. And this again, season uh, penultimate episode to me does such a good job of setting up that next one that I, i have a really hard time finding any faults with it. Every mm-hmm. all the characters were great. The humor is on point. So I'll be giving this one a five out of five Dances with the Devil, because it was everything that I wanted and more from a Daredevil episode, and then it kept going and gave us that amazing setup for the finale.
0: Five out of five. I uh, that's probably I the same it. that's probably the same review that Jen gave Matt Hey, Stop
1: going back. Oh. How many times will you reference <laughs> that? Come on! I hope I hope
0: they just I hope they come back and do it just one more time for no reason in the middle of the (laughs) finale. Okay, Uh, this episode was incredible. It it gave me more of what I want from this show than it actually even had to at every single turn. Like we got phenomenal lawyer moments. We got phenomenal action set pieces with both She Hulk and Daredevil, both getting to show their skills and what they do best. Uh, way more Daredevil than I actually expected. Like, I thought it was going to be more of a half-episode thing. He was in it for a, pretty much the entire episode. Um, I was expecting maybe a kiss, but no. They banged. They, 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 he, she danced with the devil. She did it. Uh, and, and the way that the story progresses and the amount of incredibly paced dialogue and story beats had me laughing and smiling the entire time. The breaking of the fourth wall... You know, Darcy, I was complaining... Couple weeks ago, that I was kind of losing it with the 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 charm of the the uh, the breaking of the fourth wall. This time, it brought me right back in because it was again, it was Jen basically point, you know pointing out the critiques on the past MCU shows, uh, and I was like, "That's awesome! That is so dope!" And it gives me a little bit more hope that they that they might actually nail this finale, uh, given that they know kind of it's or it seems like they know based on that tagline that 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 they know what they're doing. They know how to avoid some of the pitfalls of the previous finales. Um, But I loved every moment of this episode. I think, you know, I think a lot of these shows, the penultimates are usually better than the finales. And if that is what happens next week, I'm not going to be upset with just how much they gave in this episode. This episode felt like it was an hour long. And, and, and at the same time, it wasn't, you know what I mean? And in a good way, Mm -hmm. not, not in a way Mm -hmm. that I'm like, I want this to end, but in a way that I'm like, we just got so much to it. And it was crazy how much we were able to get in that short period of time. Um, and yeah, this was just, this was my favorite episode of the series, uh, for the first time with this series, I'm giving this, this episode a five out of five dances with the devil. All right, that is it for this week's episode of Watch Club for Marvel's She-Hulk Attorney at Law. We hope you enjoyed it, and if you did, make sure to subscribe to us wherever you like to listen to podcasts, if you haven't already. And if you want to write into the show with your thoughts uh, or your predictions on the shows we cover in Watch Club, well, let me just – you're not going to like this, Darcy – let me just Hulk spank you over (laughs) to Darcy to let you know how you can reach us.
1: Do I have to respond to that? Yes. Like, uh, okay, well uh, they can reach us at wearegeekcentric at gmail.com That's wearegeekcentric at gmail.com Or if that's too much like going to court because your suit malfunctioned and you, it was because of you, something you did uh, <laughs> you can reach us on Instagram at wearegeekcentric or on Twitter at geekcentricyt Be sure to just Hulk spank us all over the place. Ah, stop. Keep in no. mind we have a ton no, of other hurts episodes. so much.
0: We have a ton of other episodes covering the latest and greatest shows and movies out now. Like our recent spoiler-filled discussion for *Werewolf by Night*, uh, where Darcy, I gotta say, was an absolute—he went—he went beast mode, uh, dropping all sorts of dope details that you might have missed, and I know I certainly did during the Marvel special presentation. If you haven't watched *Werewolf by Night* yet, you know don't worry about it. We actually have our spoiler-free review out for it as well, as well as spoiler-free reviews for *Andor*, *Amsterdam* and Hocus Pocus 2, and a ton of interviews, like our interviews with you know Hocus Pocus 2 director and Fletcher and some of the cast, uh, and we also have interviews with both the lead writer for She-Hulk, uh, Jessica Gao, and the director of this episode, Kat Koiro. So go check out all those interviews and more, uh, available both on podcast services and on YouTube at youtube.com slash geekcentric. And lastly, we recently dropped our trailer drop for Yahoo!, the super, that was the worst Mario I've ever done the, for the <laughs> Super Mario Bros movie teaser trailer. Darcy and I share our first, you know, thoughts and and on on the first look at Illumination Studios' take on the Mushroom Kingdom. So go give that episode a listen. Go give all those episodes a listen. A like, leave a five star review, subscribe, do all the things if you don't mind. Darcy, thank you so much for joining me for this Watch Club. And as we say, Hulk, Hulk smashed. smashed. She smashed. Uh, Stop, Hulk. <laughs>
1: They smashed! It was amazing!